Hey, everybody. Welcome to In the Spirit of Horse. My name is Mosey Truitt, and yeah, welcome. I am um, sitting in the new office that I just set up. It's not not a new office, but it's a room that um, has been quite a few different things, and I've made it back into an office. And this week, I'm using a spinny chair. Like, I took this chair that my boyfriend had been using that I've never really used, which is like a proper office chair. It's spinny. And it has wheels, so it can just slide along the floor. And I'm feeling quite delighted right now because I was just editing uh, on my computer at the desk. And then I just zoomed, wheeled over here to the little podcast recording setup that I have in the corner and turned on the recorder and started recording this. And it's, I don't know, very luxurious. I'm quite into it. (laughs) So that's how I'm doing today. Thank you guys all so much for being here. I am so excited. I'm so excited to bring you guys episode two of In the Spirit of Horse season four. Oh man, I just realized I'm touching these cables. I hope it's not making too much sound. Sorry. Okay. No more touching the tables. (sighs) Cables. I'm glad we didn't record the podcast today because my thinking words just ain't coming out right. I think that's a sentence. Um, (laughs) Yeah, anyway, I'm really excited to bring you this new episode. It's a long one, which I kind of like. I think it's nice to really settle into these conversations and into this podcast or into the podcast I listen to. But yeah, it's, it's quite a long one. And it's with my dear friend, Nina Polo. You guys might know Nina Polo from our past season. She's been on a lot. She's an amazing friend and just an incredible thinker. Um, and feeler. And yeah, the voice behind Animal Alchemy. Oh my gosh, I cannot speak. (laughs) Animal Alchemy. I really like this episode. I think we kind of, we hit a bunch of topics. We kind of, you know, don't talk about horses the whole time, but it does come back to horses in the end and throughout it. And yeah, I don't know. I just love topics that, you know, can be horse- can be related to horses and definitely, um, you know, make sense when it comes to training and are relevant in that area, but also are relevant to other parts of our lives. So I'm really excited to share this episode with you guys. This week, Nina and I are talking about discomfort and, you know, when to embrace and feel comfortable with discomfort, but also when to listen to yourself and see discomfort as a sign to maybe not do the thing you're doing. Um, I really like this. I really, really like this topic because I've had such an interesting relationship to discomfort and I know I think over embracing it perhaps um, at certain parts in my life. And yeah, we get into it in the episode and I'm really excited to see, see what you guys think. Um, it's also such an interesting thing when we think of discomfort around horses you know, I think it's it's really given me a lot to think about this past week after recording it. So I'm excited to see what you guys think. And uh, yeah, let's just get into it because I think I've talked long enough. Enjoy the episode.
<laughs> and we're back. We're rolling. <laughs> I'm so oh. happy that you're bringing the podcast back. Uh, thank you. I'm really happy too. I feel like it was a a good break, but I'm also really excited to get back into it. I just remembered that it's weird because it's like I'm looking at you in your face, but I'm talking to like a lot of people at the uh, same I know. time. <laughs> I know. It's kind of weird because it almost like you, you and I were just talking and then I'm like, record. And then all of a sudden it's like we're on. Yeah. And it, it's awkward. It's a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, great. But like, I don't know. I noticed like the slight ways I change, like my yeah. voice changes and how I'm addressing you changes. But <laughs> I feel like that goes away after like a few minutes of talking. I will call you sire from now on. <laughs> What do you want now, sire? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what a lord is? In general? Yeah. Oh, man. I don't... I mean, I I do, but I don't. (laughs) No? We were saying a prayer before dinner yesterday. Oh, I forgot. Also, lord means God. I completely didn't think about it. (laughs) Because, yeah, but I was thinking, I was like, oh, what's the female equivalent of lord? Yeah. And then I was thinking, I don't really know exactly what a lord is, you know? Yeah. I think it has something to do with, like, land ownership. Yeah, that's or what I was royalty? thinking. Someone can probably answer, tell us the answer <laughs> please, to this. Please uh, send the answer in the comments. Please nicely send the answer in the comments. Not that anyone's ever been mean, but... Yeah. <laughs> we, we admit that we don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Wait, so what is it? Did you not know what a lord is? I don't know, and I or still haven't Googled it. Yeah, what is the female equivalent? I don't know. I feel like it's one of those things that's, I'm curious, but it's not important enough that I need to Google it, and I feel yeah. like it's just going to appear, the yeah. answer. Especially now that we've put this out to the exactly. world. <laughs> Someone secretly Instagram us, DM us, and we'll just let it come into our lives. <laughs> uh, well, I'm very happy to be back with you. Me too. It's this so is- fun. Nina, I guess I will introduce you in the, that's what I've been doing now, introducing you in the beginning. You've been on the podcast a lot, but do you want to say anything about who you are? Or, or <laughs> even better, do you want to say anything about how you're feeling right now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's we should so talk about our feelings <laughs> instead. I'll introduce okay. you in the beginning. How do you feel right now? How that's you- so much easier because the question of who I am is like, I struggle with that. Yeah. And what does that even mean? Yeah, because usually it's like, okay, here are some identifiers or, you know, like things I identify as maybe, but it's, it's, I feel like it's less relevant in this moment. How am I feeling? I'm really tired. Yeah. Um, and I've been having like a really emotional day where... I'm just feeling lots of emotions and it's interesting because last night I was listening to a interview with my teacher Rod Stryker and I think even the title of it was Every Emotion is a Goddess. Ooh. And I was like that's so cool. Yeah. I was like, you know, sadness is a goddess, joy is a goddess. Yeah. Anger is a goddess. Boredom is a goddess. Yeah. And it was such a nice thing to think about because even though, and I think you're pretty 
much like this too, where we do embrace our emotions for the most part, but then the ones that are uncomfortable, there's still just this thing of, (laughs) (laughs) how eloquent of me. Yeah, no, but it's so true. Yeah, I really feel you on that. Um, Speaking of which, do we want to get onto our topic? Yeah. It's very related. Like we discussed our feelings. (laughs) Yeah. About discomfort and comfort. Because you brought this topic to me. You texted me. I was like, what should, what do you think we should uh, talk about when we start up the podcast again for our episode? And you wrote me the idea of um, being comfortable with our discomfort, I think is kind of what you said. And I remember being like, we should do that one because this is making me very uncomfortable right now. Just to think about talking about that on a podcast, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And I think that'd be a good time, a good way to discuss this topic. And I also think it really does relate back to horses. We finally said the word. (laughs) Um, This this is a podcast about horses. (laughs) Horses and ourselves. Yeah, and humans. Um, You know, Yeah. sorry not to interrupt you, but I was thinking... Maybe I'll tell you why I thought that that was maybe a good thing to talk about. Yes. Because it really came from, you know, reflecting back on last year, Mm -hmm. Um, still being kind of like in the beginning of the new year. And it's always interesting because I'm like, well, it's not like, you know, January 1st hits and everything is different. Right. But in a way, it is such a time that really allows, I think, for contemplation and kind of like looking at, okay, what's closing, what's opening, what's happening. And I just looked back at last year and I was like, it was a fucking shit show for me. (laughs) (laughs) It, It started with me in the hospital, almost dying, literally on New Year's Eve. So... It just started, like, with a high intensity that I'd never experienced in my life before. And then there was, you know, so much time for contemplation because I was in and out of the hospital, surgeries, complications, etc. I had to go back to Germany so that my parents could take care of me. It reminded me, you know, that... I moved to a different country, to a different continent where I have like so many lovely, lovely, beautiful friends who have like my back. And at the same time, it's like, also I moved here in a way alone because I moved here for somebody who I'm no longer married to and then I had been here long enough that I kind of felt like this was where my life was and so I didn't feel like going back was really an option for me that I wanted to consider and it kind of like hit me as a reality that felt interesting maybe a little bit harsh even um And it also made me kind of contemplate, like, okay, well, is that what you want still? You know, you don't have to live there. Yeah. Um, You could come back. And the answer was very clear that I wanted to come back here and and be here. 
and that this is my home and that, you know, yeah, it really is just home. Like, that's the right word. But it was, you know, the first four months, basically, of the year were just of me laying around in pain, at times highly drugged, you know, just kind of like contemplating life and death. Yeah. <laughs> and it was... Oh, that's intense. It was intense. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also, you know, I mean, so many beautiful things happen. Like, I definitely had an experience of of uh, knowing mm-hmm. that death was not the end of it, that it was uh, somewhat of a return, you know? That's, yeah. that's what it um, kind of, like, revealed itself to me to be, you know? Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but that was what it was in the moment, and it made me feel really comfortable in a way with death, and it also you know, made me really think about appreciating kind of, like, every moment that we have. Um, And it was also a time of frustration of me just wanting to be able to get up and walk and, you know, do normal things that I'm so used to and that we take so much for granted. And it was yeah. like a rebirth. I think you know how so many people have after experiences like that where you're looking at your hands and you're like, holy shit, I can move these, you know? That's amazing. Yeah. So. Freya wants in, but. She's staying outside? I think she might need to stay outside. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Freya. Sorry, Freya. Um, and then it was just. <laughs> and then it was just kind of like the whole year of moving to Ojai and starting a new job and um, kind of hitting the ground running and doing too much again. And then feeling really uncomfortable again with like my inability to really honor what I needed, which was taking it slow and just, you know, doing less. Um, And that was really uncomfortable. And then, you know, getting into the situation where I was going to work for somebody and there was always this this gut feeling, you know, of it's not completely, it's not, there's something, there's something, but not wanting to voice it because because I really didn't want it to be true. Yeah. And so I wouldn't voice anything. And then, you know, that opportunity just kind of like blowing up in air because because it just, you know, because it wasn't going to work out. Um, because my gut feeling had told me all along there was something not quite kosher with this work situation, and then that ended up being true. And thinking of that mainly was kind of where I was thinking about, you know, in the whole world of self-help and, you know, personal transformation, etc., it's so easy to get confused, to think, oh, this is uncomfortable, but it's growth. 
Yeah. Versus, uh, this is actually not okay, and we need to leave. Yes. And I'm really still, like, this has been, I think, a, a theme of my life for a long time, but it's kind of the <coughs> the theme of, you know, when when is it intuition that we're kind of needing to listen to? Um and when is it just, okay, having lots of feelings can be at times uncomfortable. And, and how do we get kind of like comfortable with that? Yeah. <laughs> that is so beautifully put. I feel like you just summarized like something I think about like almost every single day. That like balance between... <laughs> Yeah, when do we actually need to value our comfort and and when is it like, yeah, you got to listen, you got to feel your feelings that might feel uncomfortable, but ultimately it feels better. And yeah, I just know I've definitely gotten like wrapped up in the feeling before of, and I've gotten into bad situations thinking that, oh, this is uncomfortable. That means it's growth and I need to stick around because I should like tough it out because it's growth. It's uncomfortable when really like my intuition was saying, this is uncomfortable. You need to leave because, and making me more and more uncomfortable because it was saying I needed to go. I needed to do something else. And it makes me wonder if like you were saying before, the difference between short-term and long-term comfort that, you know, feeling something in the moment that makes you uncomfortable might be uncomfortable in the moment, but long-term feels better versus, I don't know, like a really feeling uncomfortable and you stick through it and you're just still feeling uncomfortable and it's just not actually for your benefit. Yeah. But it's a hard line to know. Like, I You know what I just thought is that it's interesting because you said earlier being addicted to self-help yeah you know and I like that you phrased it that way because it's like to me I view so many things in my life through kind of the lens of addiction and recovery yeah um and and I think that to me it's a really helpful tool to know okay short term and then if I look at the long term and if I'm really honest with myself, can I see where this is going? And if I see where this is going, can I then see if my decision making process is kind of based on fear? Or is it based on, you know, kind of like moving through something? Right. Like I'm yeah. thinking about this, you know, working for this person like if I if I if I really kind of had looked into it and and I wasn't so like wrapped up in the whole situation I would have probably been able to see that really my decision making was based on you know the the promise of like you know grander financial security than I currently have and really my decision making was based on the fear of not having that and what that would mean and, you know, being tired of reshuffling the cards because it continues to, you know, 
to to it's just re reoccurring in my life that I that I reshuffle the cards when it comes specifically to uh I guess many things, but definitely job-wise. Um, and in the short term, it was almost like in the short term it was rewarding, and in the long term it wasn't. Yeah. Versus, you know, being kind of uncomfortable in the short term and then rewarding in the long term. Yeah. That's such an interesting way to think about it. Like, I think about times where I've stuck around into something longer and, like, what was my intuition really saying? And, like, it's so hard to know sometimes when you're, like, acting from a place of fear versus a place of intuition. And I feel like to know the difference between what is good quote-unquote discomfort and like bad discomfort like really can come from like a place of intuition but I kind of feel like something I've been thinking about um when it comes to discomfort has been like pleasure and how a lot of times we even in like the self-help world in my own self-help world it's been like an ultimate demonization of pleasure yeah that like that like if it's good for me, it probably shouldn't feel good mm. versus um, I think intuition, like what our bodies really want, what our soul really wants is to ultimately feel good. So like we can also trust the things that, you know, maybe it does feel uncomfortable in the moment to like feel the emotion of sadness, but there is something still in it that feels good about feeling that. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, and trying to see more of like where the real pleasure lies and not that like maybe it is such a confusing thing of like the things that feel good have to be bad for me, which I don't believe at all now, but rather the things we think are very uncomfortable might actually have more pleasure in them than we know. I don't know if that's... Yeah. I've been thinking about that. I'm not sure if I feel that all the time, but yeah. I'm... I had two thoughts that came uh, to mind with that. You know, one of them being like, I was thinking about how, like when you when you talk about you know the beginning of how it was to kind of transition from like regular equestrianship yeah. to something that you know now has even evolved kind of further, but <clears throat> how that transition was not like an easy thing yeah not traditionally comfortable <laughs> yeah right it was you were you were kind of doing it on your own you were you were figuring it out on your own and as I thought about like oh you you were figuring it out on your own it reminded me that when I feel most in contact I think with my intuition is when I'm a, a little bit on my own in a way, meaning that, you know, maybe I um, go and I take time to just be in nature and be quiet um, 
it's usually times around when, you know, I haven't been on my phone too much or I haven't been um, around people too much or I haven't been even like watching TV or, you know, Mm -hmm. reading a magazine or, you know, I, I was thinking about kind of like because so much of us not being in touch with this higher voice or, you know, or intuition is kind of like all the other messages, I think, that keep kind of coming at us for so much of the day, right? Whether we are um, out in the world or we have like regular jobs or we have families that, you know, are kind of like just different from us and, and kind of live different lives or um, there's just so much that's that's happening and yeah. there's so much to be taken in that I feel like sometimes really, you know, true true listening kind of requires silence in a way. And so, because really what I'm kind of interested in right now is like, okay, so how do I strengthen that how do I strengthen the intuition and I think of that a little bit you know the the I definitely you know I I think I I haven't had a tv in like many many years but there's you know Netflix or whatever is still happening and I kind of like I can easily get into something like that and rarely is it truly like contributing to my life. Right. Um, or in the past, I would say, in the past. And, and nowadays, it's kind of like, I'm just a little bit more selective. I'm like selective as to what I watch, you know? I'm selective as to who I surround myself with. And, and I'm selective as to what I read or, you know? And I, and I think there's a little bit of like, okay, well, you don't want to get too much into your own bubble and not, you know, be aware right. that there's all these other things happening. And I think that, that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I've definitely found that for my own life, uh, doing that has, has been incredibly beneficial to my own well-being. Yeah. That's one thing. And then the other thing actually reminds me of something that, I've kind of like learned from you, which is uh, stopping, trying to listen, and then trying it out, you know? And I remember there was a time when you were like, yeah, I'm even doing it with like really little things. Like, should I go right or should I go left? And not just making the decision out of habit or whatever, yeah, but actually taking a moment to be like, right or left? Okay. Yeah. Um, do I want to eat this or do I want to eat this? You know, not just like, oh, whatever is at the house, I'll eat. And yeah, little decisions like that are kind of this really safe way, I think, to um, strengthen that muscle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that they're like a great way of also really getting in touch with what you want so that you can know quicker. I think for me, like, I don't know, I kind of feel like in a place right now, like, with my work, where, like, I'm trying to decide whether to continue on with something, knowing, like, between the thought of, like, whenever you're trying something new, there's going to be hard parts. So, like, learn how to embrace the hard part, Mosey, 
and like make adjustments and keep going or like asking myself, do I want to stop and do something else because this doesn't feel good? And like, it's not just that it's like uncomfortable, but worth it. It's because you actually want to stop or you actually want to do something else. And, um, and it's sometimes so hard to know, like the answer to that question. And I think it comes down a lot to like asking what you really want and knowing that. And I do think of those little decisions of like, I don't know. I I remember a couple of years ago where like you'd ask like, or someone would be like, what do you want to eat? And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, what do you want to eat? And then we get into this whole big thing of just like, oh, anything, anything. And like, everyone's so indecisive. No one can pick what to eat. <laughs> and like getting a little bit clearer of like, like I didn't even recognize like I had a craving, you know? I'd be like, no, actually I'm really picturing like Indian food. Like when I'm thinking about what I want to eat right now, I'm really thinking about Indian food, but I'm not even like necessarily aware that that's what I want. And I think those little decisions of like also getting more in touch with like what you want on a small basis can help with like the long term or the bigger things. Oh my gosh. Brussels sprouts. Yeah. <laughs> um I love yeah. that. I also just had this thought that it'd be really funny if you were like, Yeah, I think like from now on I'm gonna go study law and become a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I really can't think of anything worse. I'm <laughs> Oh, for me personally, I'm sure some people, I'm, if that's your calling, good on you. I feel so happy. We need lawyers, we need I suppose. Lawyers. I wish we didn't, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I so really do. We had a world do. where we didn't need lawyers. Yeah. Yeah. I do wish that. I mean, that's a sincere wish of mine. <laughs> I'll really think about that. Do I wish we... Yeah, man, that is something. To know what you don't want, I definitely know I don't want to be a lawyer. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. You know, it's... You said something interesting to me, which is knowing all the different um, options, too. Yeah. Because a lot of times I think we limit ourselves quite a bit in what the options are. And it limits our creativity. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Like, I remember something so simple that you did that just, like, blew my mind. Oh. <laughs> when I was... Um, we were talking about deworming the horses. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for, like, so many people, it's, like, this whole thing where, like, have to shove the, the syringe thing into, like, the horse's mouth and, like, the horses see the syringe and they run away, basically. And it's, like, or, you know, like, I've seen horses try to bite people and then people getting aggressive and, like, all these horrible things. And you're, like, oh, yeah, I just mix it up with, like, really delicious things and then I just put it in there and uh and then they eat it you know (laughs) (laughs) and I was like that's amazing that's amazing (laughs) I whenever people do something like that that is unexpected to my brain it reminds me of how many possibilities there are that I have never considered a friend of mine told me once she was telling me I should go to Burning Man and um, and she was like, yeah, it was like at this camp and I was working, you know, this kissing booth that they had. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't this was a long time ago. I was like, yeah, I don't think I could do that because like, what if somebody shows up that you don't want to kiss, you know? Yeah. And she was like, well, it's very easy. 
if they come and they order a French kiss, then you go, oh, I'm sorry, we're out of those. I have granny kisses, though. And then you just <laughs> give them a granny kiss or, like, you blow them a kiss or whatever, you know? Oh, my gosh, I love that. It was <laughs> it blew my mind, okay? Yeah. That's how closed off my mind was. It was – it if the answer wasn't already given, my brain was not searching for anything else. It was just, yeah. here's the status quo and – Having people, you know, do things differently just, like, has brought in my own perspective as to what is possible for me. Yeah. Totally. Man, I-, I love that about the, like, what about a granny kiss? Like, oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> so cute. That's right? so cute. I also, one reason I think this was, like, really, I want to talk about it on the podcast, too, is... Because I think that it's so easy, like with the dewormer example in the horse world, to get caught up in this thinking of, I don't know, like even today, um, I took some of the horses on the wa- on a walk out and Leah didn't really want to go out or like she was kind of like, she hasn't been out in a long time and she seemed nervous to approach the gate to go out on the street. And... Um, our other friend was like, do you want to like work on it with her? Like, cause I was like, I think I'm gonna go get another horse. And she's like, do you want to work on it with her? And it really gave me like this moment where I was thinking like, it's uncomfortable for me right now to work with Leah. Like I don't like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Sometimes that's a moment to like maybe work through it and be like, you know, that we'll get better at this. We'll feel more comfortable. And then sometimes like getting really in touch with what you want. I was like, I don't want to take her out right now. Like, I don't feel comfortable and I just don't want to do this. And also she's not feeling comfortable. And like, again, I think there is a point like sometimes where like maybe you and the horse are both feeling uncomfortable, but you can work through that. And that's not a bad thing that you feel uncomfortable. But then there's sometimes where like, like today I was just like, it's an option for me to just go back and put her away. And I think like years ago, especially before I was doing Liberty Horsemanship, that option wouldn't have been there for me. It would have been like, I'm here with another horse person. Like, what do equestrians do? We work through shit. Like, we always like, like we can't put the horse away. Like, you know, if if we haven't ended on like a really good note, which usually means like success of some sort. And here I am like putting her back before we've even really tried. Yeah. And that like wouldn't have been an option. I would have probably thought like, no, we have to work through this. And just even having the freedom to ask myself, like, is that really what I want? Like, do I really want to, like, I don't know, take her out right now? Like, and yeah, I just, like, I don't know. I think that was a good example of, like, I was feeling uncomfortable. And in that moment, like, knowing what I really wanted helped me decipher, like, what kind of uncomfortable that was. But sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I'm like out and I'm like, should I be pushing myself more with horses to be uncomfortable? Because to be honest, I'm going to be real frank right now. Like I am way more scared of getting hurt around horses than I used to be. And like, same. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like much more nervous about it. Like I don't really enjoy going out with horses that like I am afraid they're going to spook over me or I'm afraid they might spook a little bit like before I think and not even like I mean like before I did Liberty like I felt like there was a time when I was doing Liberty that I was very brave about these things and very like solid and like I'm just not 
in that space right now and I'm trying to not judge myself for that and instead like really look at it like instead of being like oh yeah you should really like push yourself to be like braver and be like is there a reason like do I really want to put myself in that position I don't know I don't know okay this is I think (laughs) the reason why I have always felt really comfortable like learning from you oh thank you (laughs) Because I, I was thinking about this the other day. I was just like, you know, hanging out out here, maybe after feeding or something. And I was just like watching the horses eat and it was like all peaceful and stuff. And, and, um, and I remembered when I got back into the horse world, realizing how much fear I kind of had around that all of a sudden yeah. because as a kid I didn't have it I felt uh I felt I think it has something to do with feeling like I was in control because yeah. the horses were broken yeah and they did as told for the most part um they were completely desensitized and they didn't have many options. And so I felt like I was in control. Like if I had the reins, I was literally in control. And then I realized, okay, that's not how I want to be around horses. I have no interest in being around horses in that way. And it came with this whole new set of fears. Yeah. Of like, <laughs> okay, well... Like with any relationship, you know, it's like, okay, listen, I'm not going to control you. Um, You have the freedom to be however you want to be, even if that is, you know, not what I want you to do. And it's a little bit more uh, or a lot more scary because the, the... you know, I because one could get hurt, and like the physical thing is is a real um, it's it's a real thought that I have around the horses, and I love that you are very honoring of that. You know, because I think <laughs> I've never had the thought around you of oh I can't show if I feel nervous you know if I feel scared in any way whereas I've had that with many other people like even to this day you know I I feel that way and I don't feel like maybe confident enough to just be to just own kind of like my fear and I feel like I should be more comfortable (laughs) (laughs) but it's like we have a big herd of horses who have their own interactions and they have a say and they can, you know, speak up and they're all so loving and sweet. And at the same time, they're big creatures that if they, you know, spook, it, it could, you know. <laughs> yeah. I really appreciate you saying that about me because I've been definitely feeling more like I've been kind of embracing it, like, uh, you have more fear now, like, you know, like, not judging myself on it, but I definitely have been, like, feeling like, like, some, that, does that say something about me as a trainer? You know, like, I've definitely been feeling, like, 
I think if I was still heavily identifying with like just trainer as like my worth, it would be like sending me for a loop right now. Mm -hmm. But seeing I've done like a lot of work around that, I'm kind of more like, well, that's, you know, that's happening. That's happening. (laughs) But, and I also want to say like, I wonder how much it has to do with age sometimes because I think like, Honestly, like horses that are trained with like positive reinforcement and have more say, I actually find to be like in many situations, like more safe Agreed. than horses that like have been broken, like completely. And and that's why like even a few years ago when I was like really heavily training, like I felt more safe. And when I look back on like when I was doing traditional horsemanship as like a kid, like horses were bolting with me horses were like like I was in I got in a lot of like falls you know like it definitely wasn't like this pristine like they were already always listening to me but it was almost like as a kid too I feel like I didn't think about the risk or something like I almost didn't understand like like you're less aware of your mortality yeah the cliche like the kids are less like aware because like yeah, like now I feel just as nervous to kind of like hop on like a traditionally broken horse as I do like, you know, like one of my younger horses that I have that haven't been broken that way and are so sweet. But like, I don't know, there's just more fear. And I wonder how much of it is like getting older and realizing like, like the horses have more power than I even imagined. <laughs> right. And that's a good thing. Like, I love that, but I don't know. I really am thinking about that, like, recently of, like, where where do I want to push myself to, you know, be brave? And where is it not worth it to me? And where can I listen to myself? Because I really feel like in the horse world, like you said, like, that is not an option you're often given. Like, you're not given the option to really think about, like, do I feel comfortable with this or not? It's, like, push. Push through. Yeah. Like you're uncomfortable that means you have to do it and like that is not the case and I don't think that's the safest thing and I definitely don't think that's honoring of your intuition I don't think if you think in every situation you have to push through that you're listening to your intuition and your inner knowing it's such an interesting I'm so glad actually that this is kind of where the conversation's going because I have been feeling I've been thinking for many months that I want to do some kind of training with Luna. And I have a genuine wish, I think, for our relationship to kind of evolve in that direction. Yeah. And there's also many days where I don't think that necessarily yeah there's days where I'm just feeling really uh content just knowing that she has a nice life yeah with the other horses and that maybe she does you know there's there's almost also like a freedom in knowing that maybe she doesn't need me yeah in a way and um But it's interesting because I definitely go kind of back and forth between guilt of like, oh, I told myself that I would start doing something and spend more time specifically doing that. But then 
I don't necessarily do it. And I'm, you know, and I, I yeah. think that was also one of the things I was, I was kind of contemplating within this topic is like, am I not doing it because I'm uncomfortable when doing it because it is something that's completely new to me and I haven't really, you know, done anything and, and I'm just kind of like, okay, maybe, you know, if I do it with like a sense of guidance, you know, maybe, maybe then, you right. know, or, or is it just like, oh, maybe it doesn't need to happen. And I kind of go back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I so feel you. I don't know. that really quick. Um, I so feel you on that. I feel, you know, I have like quite a few horses <laughs> and I really have this feeling that like if I want to get back into like more training or more of like a one-on-one relationship, because like Annie is kind of like super happy as like lead mare right now. And I kind of feel like that's where her role is. And so I've been kind of thinking like, do I want to start like, cultivating a really special relationship with like another horse. And I have this feeling that like I need to kind of pick one, not because I don't want like to have that with everyone. And I feel super special with everyone. I love seeing them all together. And I also love the feeling of like, ultimately they don't need me because they're fulfilled. But I just have this intuition. Like if I'm, if I'm going to do it and like not disappoint myself, because I've also been feeling the exact same thing, like of disappointment of like, I said I would do this, blah, blah, blah. Like I need to pick one horse And I'm kind of like thinking about that, like the discomfort, because the horse I'm drawn to doing this with is like my easiest horse. Like I want and feel comfortable with the idea of like starting everything else out with baby and baby is like so brave and like she's young and has like a lot for us to learn together. But like if I'm just going on like her like she's super stable. She's not spooky. Like she's a, I don't know, just like a very like solid horse to be around. And I kind of want to like do it with baby because it makes me feel comfortable. And I, and I feel that like thought of like, well, should I pick like another horse that like is, I don't know, might be more work, makes me more uncomfortable. Like, is that something I should do? But also, like, do I want to? And, like, am I pushing because I think I should do that? Or am I, like, avoiding, you know, like, a challenge or, like, being scared and letting that rule me? Or am I, like, picking what really, like, feels good to me? And I, I, I'm so on the same page with you. Like, I've been thinking about that for months. Like, trying, like, you know, I kind of want to train with Leah but also, like, do I? Like, <laughs> you know? I, I mean, I love that you just said all of that because, it, it kind of comes back to that thing of like thinking that comfort is lazy or yeah, just like an easy way out of something, and that if we are going to grow, you know, then we have to pick the thing that feels the most uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's bullshit. I think when you put it that way, I think that's bullshit. 
And there's because, you know, doing these things with baby, it's almost like setting yourself up for more success and setting the horse up for more success. And there's still going to be discomfort, you know, there's still going to be growth and learning and and all these things. But we somehow sometimes get trapped into thinking that if it doesn't feel completely terrifying, I feel like I've read yeah. so many like inspirational quotes that's just like, you know, basically if it doesn't feel like you're falling from a cliff, then you're not growing. Yeah. <laughs> Instagram and Pinterest. I probably read that on a yogi tea. <laughs> I know. I, I, yeah. I, I so feel Because like, the truth is like, like you said, like, there's still going to be moments that are scary. Like, there's still going to be moments that are uncomfortable. But, like, do we have to choose that discomfort, you know? Like, that's going to come up. I, I don't know. I'm thinking about, like, working with baby, you know? Like, that. those moments will come up. They have come up. But, like, it, it does feel like more, like, in the long term, like, am I valuing, like, what feels good to me? And my comfort in that sense. Not that, like, I want to back down from a challenge, but, like, am I valuing, like, am I valuing what feels good to me over, like, what I think it means about me? Because when I think about, like, yeah, like, like, let's say I, no one knew about my training. Like, my training with horses meant nothing about me. It Let's say it was so just my hobby. It's just something I do only for me. Like, you know, it that even myself, I'm not even judging myself. I'm not even critiquing myself. Like then what I would, what would I do for fun? You know, like probably play with baby, like just, and it wouldn't mean like, Oh, does this mean you're not a good trainer? Oh, does this mean that you're backing away from the challenge? Oh, does this mean that you're like letting yourself down in some way? It would be like, this is what sounds good to me. And can we all just be more playful and fun? And like, you know, meet the challenges as they arise, but also not just feel like we have to seek them out because. Yeah, like it's not discomfort for the sake of discomfort just because we think that. It's like, it's a little bit, you know, probably all growth has some level of discomfort, but not all discomfort is growth. Yeah. And so I definitely got tricked for a while into thinking that all discomfort is growth. Yeah. Yeah. And, of course, every uncomfortable situation we can grow for from, like, there's definitely, you know, because even if we just learn that we don't have to do that, you know, that we don't have to put ourselves in the worst, most uncomfortable situations. That's what I think of, actually, when I think of the lesson of, like, a lot of times where I've pushed myself to do something really uncomfortable, the lesson is usually, like, in those pushing moments of, like, you didn't have to do that. Like, you could have, like, prioritized yourself in that scenario. Okay, like, I very, uh, an example, because I I think, or maybe it's not an example, but just something that's, like, really kind of burning for (laughs) me is that, you know, with Luna, I feel the same way. I feel much, much, much safer if 
she's not on a halter. I'm not like tethered to her. She's not tethered to me. She's yeah. not confined. You know, I feel safest with her when we're kind of just like cruising together and she has the option to be with me or not be with me. Yeah. And I know like she's not going to run me over. She's not going to, you know, um, like do anything really. I think I, I very much feel that she is hyper aware of me being a human you know, yeah. that she is not going to trample. Um, because I've had situations with her where, you know, like I'm brushing her or something and she spooks. And it happened like a month ago where she spooked in my direction. And then somehow, magically, within like half in the air, she switched directions and like ran the other way. <laughs> I still don't know how she did it because it felt like she like landed in my arms or something. Yeah. <laughs> And she jumped out. <laughs> That's what it felt like. In my mind, it was like a comic, you know? She just, like, jumped into my arms and, like, I pushed her the other way. But I, I feel very safe in that way. And I was I was thinking, you know, oh, should I... Because when I put on a halter on her, it means pretty much nothing to her, you yeah. know? If I try to, like, pull her in one direction, like, she doesn't give a fuck she's not a pressure-based horse she's, she's not like a a very anti-pressure <laughs> apple doesn't her. fall far from the tree yeah <laughs> so. it's like why are you shitting all over the place exactly. don't shit me with your halter <laughs> makes me want to rebel <laughs> <laughs> and i appreciate that about her yeah. you know and i'm definitely like that's why i initially i think fell in love with her it's like Hashtag i felt relatable <laughs> Like, I get you, girl. I wouldn't yeah. be I wouldn't be wanting to do that either. And, and I definitely, you know, feel that or, 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 or notice that pressure of, like, well, for her to be, like, safe, you know, uh, these are the things that need to happen. And, you know, being, like, able to, like, direct her with a halter on is something that's necessary and like you know all these things and there is definitely things that I want to work on and that actually sound kind of fun at liberty you know like trailer loading in case we have to evacuate you know like things like that or you know I don't know uh bathing once it gets warmer um things like that that I think sound kind of like more fun to me yeah I'm, I feel more excited about, but there's certain things that like, even though I think it probably would be, you know, uh, helpful in many situations, I feel really uncomfortable with. Yeah. And I do think that there's kind of like a, an in-between, like it doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation. I definitely think, you know, I could... I could find a way to kind of get us both being more just like in sync, you know, with something like that. Right. And at the same time, I don't want to do it out of like this guilt. Yeah. I want to do it because it's going to enrich both our lives. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel you on that. I also, that just made me think of, and I'm curious about how you feel about this. Like, I don't know, for me, like, 
if we're thinking about like long-term comfort, like it makes me feel comfortable to think that like all of my horses can get on a trailer, can like get their feet done and like do basic like vet care or something, you know, like, and I think that long-term that feels comfortable, but like, it doesn't necessarily feel comfortable for me to think like that all my horses need to be able to be ridden on a trail. Like I feel kind of scared when I think about some horses, like riding them on a trail (laughs) and like, while there might be some discomfort and like, let's say teaching a horse to get on a trailer, you know, like uh, it feels different than like the idea of like, I know also this idea that horses, like every horse has to be able to like be ridden and like be, like, like that there's this, like, certain things horses have to be able to do. And, like, I think that comes from more of a pressure of the horse world than, like, how we, what we actually want. Yeah. And, like, I don't know, like, does it feel different for you to think of, like, Luna? Like, there's some things that could be fun to work on, like, the trailer and, like, I don't know, the little things you were talking about. But, like, that doesn't necessarily mean, like, you need to take on the daunting feeling of, like, she has to be fully trained. Like... Does that feel like a difference? Like when you think of it, it's a total difference. And like, thank you for putting it into kind of like my own perspective from earlier with like short term versus long term. Because if I look at it in that way, it's like, yeah, absolutely. Like long term, it feels great to be able to trailer her if need be. Um, And for her to just feel comfortable in the trailer and be willing to like get in and out and know that it's not like a dangerous thing. Um, and kind of expand her comfort zone. Yeah. All of that feels really good long term. And then short term, it feels really uncomfortable because I'm like, okay, for so many reasons. Yeah. Like I have to put in the work and I have to like commit to something. And like I, you know, and there's going to be days that are not going to be as, you know, uh, easily celebrated for me. And then, you know, there's going to be moments that are going to feel a little bit uncomfortable for the simple reason that it's like my first time you know because Luna when she trailered it was you doing it so for me it's like a new thing and I think every time I do something new no matter even if it was something that's like way easier it's gonna come with some discomfort and nerves and so I think that um this conversation is actually really kind of helping me um, feel a little bit more into, okay, what is it? What is the resistance, you know, where, and, and what do I actually want to be focusing on, um, and, and carve out time for, you know? Yeah. And it makes me think about like, even like day to day, like, let's say you're practicing trailer loading or like I am like, like some days, you're going to go out and it's not going to feel right. And to have enough, like, like say with yourself to be like, today I feel uncomfortable. So we're not doing it. Like we had the plan and this doesn't mean I'm like giving up on myself or giving up on the plan. Like I just, I actually even felt that with Luna. Like when we trailered her here that first day when we were really working on it, I got to a point where I was like, I just don't really want to do, I want to give it more time. And like, that was kind of like, you can push through it or like you can say like, this isn't defeat that like I'm not comfortable right now and I'm still going to listen that I'm not comfortable. Cause like, I, I don't know, like I don't necessarily want to work with horses when my nerves are up, you know? And 
doesn't mean I never will. But like, even like today with Leah, like taking her out on the trail, like I could feel like my nerves were going to be too hyped up. And like, I don't know, I've had times before with horses where like I've, my body has said no and I've said yes. And that's when I've gotten hurt. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But it's such like a, I don't know, interesting, like interesting line. And I do think you're really right about like the more time you spend like with yourself, like, you know, more than like the outside influences on you, like spending time, like with yourself in nature, even just with your horse. It's kind of why I like working with horses alone because like the outside voice I think is the more unclear voice. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think For some reason, it really reminded me of Aragon, and I feel every time I kind of, like, look at him... Aragon, the wild stallion. (laughs) The wild stallion. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Who's with Griffin right now, and Griffin is definitely a horse that I will completely admit (laughs) makes me so freaking nervous. Like, he's so sweet, and he's so beautiful, (laughs) he makes me so nervous. Yeah. And, um, True and wild Aragon, right I don't feel that way about yeah. at all. You know, I feel so good about him. I feel very like, I feel so drawn to him and I feel like this desire to get closer to him. Yeah. And, you know, this morning when I was feeding them, like I, um, Aragon like kind of came back up the hill and I was like close there with like a pile of hay in my hands and like there was nothing about that that made me nervous at all like I knew that we just had this understanding like it was very clear you know and I think that it is it's like knowing knowing yourself and and maybe even or not maybe I think that this is a very strong one for me is is knowing your body and knowing what your body is telling you, because I could tell, I was like kind of surprised, you know, I was like, wow, he's really close. Nothing in my body is alert right now. Yeah. And that just felt so true, you know? Yeah. Whereas like, if Griffin had just looked at me, I think my body would have tensed up, you know? And it's like, nothing about, you know, Griffin's a lovely, a lovely guy. And it's just, it's like a, there's signals that I think our body is much more capable of understanding yeah. than our minds. And so kind of like the, the, the somatic experience, you know, and being aware of that and, and, and then honoring that, you know, it's so true. Like if you had gone out feeling super nervous, the likelihood you know, of the nerves kind of like being not only yours, but then also Leah's and then something, you know, being a little bit more tumultuous um, are much higher, right? Than when you are feeling really calm and feeling good. And and yeah, so that's a really powerful tool, I think, to have is to kind of like, okay, like physically, how am I feeling right now? Yeah, huge. I'm really glad you said that because I don't like I also it just really makes me think too like just because it doesn't feel comfortable right now doesn't mean it won't later and also just because it feels comfortable for someone else doesn't mean it is for you like so many horses I've seen like you know people mesh with different horses like there there's horses that like 
other people like are so comfortable like basically it's like they're annie and like i'm i my body doesn't feel comfortable like in the to be on off guard around them and then there's horses that i feel like you know like i feel pretty comfortable around griffin and like but i so understand why someone wouldn't and i would definitely say with him just with how i don't know being like being how he is like if you are feeling weird from him like you gotta listen to that like I would never tell anyone like oh yeah ignore your feelings around Griffin like because <laughs> I can feel that too and it can change and like and yeah so I just I really think the feeling into your body is like really important and I don't know like <laughs> actually I, I don't know uh the other day I was um thinking about riding again and I've really noticed like a lot of fear coming up around riding for me it's funny because like I was so comfortable riding Annie for so long you know and bareback bridalist all this stuff and then she's kind of like retired from riding and I've taken like a really long break and the thought of starting it up with another horse like I I'm so nervous like compared to like how it used to be. And especially for horses, I don't know. There's something about sitting on Leah, even though she's never been trained. Like there's something about sitting on Leah because I really know her well that I'm like not as nervous. But when I was thinking about like starting riding with Napomo, who is really well trained, like been on tons of trails. Like I was so nervous thinking about it that I took him on a walk. And like, I was just thinking about like, the possibility of like riding him on this walk. And I was like jumping at like flags. Like I was like the spooked (laughs) horse. And he was like, it was this really interesting thing where like my body was really uncomfortable. And like, I was like jumping and like spooking thinking, I don't know, like anticipating him jumping or spooking. I don't know. And he was so calm and so steady. And that's why I took him out because I knew he would be like my stable rock and like yeah there's like this american flag in our neighbor's yard that like flapped and like i literally jumped out of my skin and he just like kept on walking and it was like (laughs) it's like how you want to be for your horse he was being for me (laughs) oh my god thank you napomo and that was actually one of those times where like i went on that walk with him because i knew like i was feeling really uncomfortable and i knew him well enough that like i felt like he could actually help me like calm down and feel better and we went on this walk and I ended up calming down and then we went inside and I actually got on him to ride him like for the first time and like you know really in a very very long time I've only like really sat on him and that was amazing and like it was a very big difference like I'm really glad I didn't get on him in the beginning when I was nervous and so uncomfortable and I'm happy like I worked through some of that uncomfort and then like I was able to like at the end sit on him but like having that compassion I think to like not force it and like I had to what made me calm down on the walk too was the thought of like if we get home and I still feel uncomfortable I'm not riding him like fully letting that off myself like not having to put any pressure on myself to do that like changed how I felt and then I did feel like more comfortable and and I guess kind of I'm feeling like the the answer, as it is for many things, for me right now feels like compassion, like self-compassion to kind always of Always comes back to it, doesn't it? Yeah, always comes back. <laughs> I don't know if it's the answer to everything, but like I definitely feel like it's included in most answers. 
Yeah, I I would agree. And I almost feel confident enough to say is the answer to everything, but I would, it's hard to say everything because who knows? I obviously haven't thought of everything, (laughs) but I feel very strongly about compassion and that it is, um, pretty magical, pretty magical. Um, you know what I was thinking about is when I think of writing now, um, it and like the last couple times that I've done it, which is like years ago, um, in like when I was living in Central America, and uh, and it was like you know tr- like a trail ride or something. Yeah. Where I went and looked, and the horses looked healthy, and like you know, and I was like felt comfortable enough, and like really missed writing and so I was like okay like I'm gonna do this 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 seems like a you know nice where they treat the horses nicely etc and so I just kind of like talked myself into it and then um as soon as I got on the horse it reminded me of my trick that I used to use for um being uh nervous on planes which is I would pretend to be really cool and be like Ooh. a jet setter who's like constantly just flying all around. And so I'm never nervous. Oh my God, I love this. <laughs> and I just pretend it. And I just I'm be like, really cool. <laughs> that's literally what I would tell myself. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm this like really cool person who is not nervous at all and flying, you know. And I'd still sometimes be like gripping the seat, but it helped. It helped yeah. to kind of pretend. It was a little bit of like a fake until you make it. And it yeah. kind of worked for flying. And I noticed that it worked as well for riding um, the last couple of times. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I've been doing this my whole life. Um, it's totally cool. You know, I feel super relaxed. Like I would just kind of like bullshit myself into yeah. kind of believing it enough. Yeah. And it kind of worked. It kind of worked, you know. Yeah. But I noticed, too, that because there's an aspect of bullshit around it, I also didn't have space to honor what was actually maybe present, you know? Oh, such the balance. (laughs) Such is the balance. (laughs) And I know, for example, with Luna, I don't really have an interest in doing that. Yeah. Because I feel like our conversation... I always want to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm starting to get like a bit of clarity on like riding for me. Because you and I have talked a lot about like I think part of the hesitation around riding for me right now has been like an unsureness of like, I really don't want to force the horse. Um, and so I have like a hesitation, you know, that like, I think you and I have both felt like we're very wanting to be aware of like, where's the line? When is this good for them? When is this not like, Versus, like, the idea of, like, when we get on in the past and it'd be, like, full control, you know? You just get on and you know what you have to do. And, like, and I think with Annie, that was, like, really different because I worked with her so much and also had, like, such, like, that kind of 
like synced up relationship with her and like just so many hours with her, like that I knew she enjoyed it and like I could relax into that. And then like, and I remember a long time where like in the beginning of writing Bridalist, like I was really nervous too. And like, it was coming like with her and under like building it together that we both got comfortable. And I think since like kind of not riding with her, like it's hard for me to focus on like doing, finding my own comfort because I'm like, I don't know the horse as well. And I, and I don't have that necessarily like super established relationship for me to just focus on like, I can trust you. So I'm just going to breathe and like relax myself because we like have this mutual thing going on and, I'm starting to think that like maybe to feel really comfortable riding again, like I am going to have to like build that with a horse that I think really wants to do that too. And like really like make it, it's not just like I can hop on and ride. I'm not like a rider, you know, like in that sense of like, I'll hop on any horse and like ride, but like I have to build this with like one horse and like really feel comfortable in these other areas and it will add to that comfort. And, like, when I think about doing that with baby, like, that's what feels really good. Because, like, I think also she's, like, inclined to that and, like, would enjoy that versus, like, I don't know, another horse, like, like, Roe, you know, like, is not the horse that I want. That she's terrifying. It sounds terrifying. And I think she wouldn't like it. Like, she's not, like, not every horse is inclined to do that. And it doesn't mean they're any less valuable. Or, like, Luna, you know, maybe she's not inclined to riding. So many amazing amazing things to do with her and to, like, experience with her. But, like, it doesn't have to be that. Yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of rambling now. But I just kind of feel like I got an epiphany with you talking about that of, like, like, maybe we can build to all of this much more gently than we yeah like because sometimes too I, I i like the idea of building on it gently because i sometimes i'm like oh my god luna's been with me for it's been years now <laughs> has it yeah. it's been more than like a year right it's like two years like maybe? two years yeah so it's like a plural and it feels like it doesn't feel long to me but yeah. it feels like enough time has passed that I should exactly. be somewhere else yeah. than I am. Which, I mean, I know. I know that that's never true. Um, yeah. Because we are where we are and that's really all there is to it. But I, I notice kind of like that pressure coming up and, and, and just thinking about, okay, well, what if like, you know... 10 years from now, like yeah. 50 years from now, because Luna's going to live forever. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have a moment where I like, you know, sit on her or something. You yeah. Know? Like that, that would be as miraculous and wonderful as if it happened, you know, a year from now. And, and, and why am I pressuring myself? But there is this, this pressure. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, you know, am I, am I wasting time? Am I, I don't know. There's all these kind of like judgmental questions that kind of arise. And I think for me, it's always so helpful to voice that, you know, and, and especially with you, cause I feel like we have such a mutual understanding of like, Oh yeah, man, like I've been there. I've, I, I got, I get yeah. it. Um, and so to kind of voice that and um, and know that it's going to be received, like, 
already that helps me to kind of let go of that judgment. Yeah. Um, which just means we have to do a podcast once a week. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I love that. <laughs> I just want to come out and say it to all you good people. I am going to, like, I have made peace. I am not going to train to ride most of my horses. Like, if you have a horse that you don't really want to do that with, like, I'm letting it go. Like, I'm not going to pressure myself to do that. And yeah. I'm not going to, like, push myself into that. And um, I'm going to do what feels good. I don't care what, like, you know, like, whatever is expected or not. And it's really making me think about, like, I don't know. Like, I've talked to a lot of people who have, like, come to me like so many people who are like so like like they love their horse you know um but like maybe their horse doesn't feel like the right fit for what they want or maybe their horse feels like like their horse makes them nervous and they feel guilt for like yeah not like meshing in the right way and feeling like they have to push through it and that they have to like like that they are I don't know, giving up on their horse or something. And I just also want to say that, like, not every horse is going to be inclined to, like, to do the same things you want to do. And also, like, you're not, even if you love a horse, you're not always going to mesh in the same way or feel totally comfortable around them. And that's actually so okay, too. And, like, I don't know. I think I've had harsher feelings before about like the idea that once you commit to a horse, you're like committed to that horse. And the truth is like, I don't know. I don't feel that anymore. Like, yeah, we like everything's so more, much more individual than. Oh, I love know. that you're saying that. That's so, that's so cool. Cause I was just thinking about, you know, we have such a unique situation here, you know, like where you're able to have so much lovely space for the horses, you know, and we have this beautiful big herd and like Luna gets to be a part of it, you know, and I get to be like a part of the ranch. And like, that's a very unique situation. Most people don't necessarily have that. Right. And I was just kind of thinking about like, Oh man, like if I, you know, if I had like this one horse and I'm like at, because even though obviously like, Luna's technically my only horse. I feel very much like so much kinship to all the other horses. And like, I know I can yeah. come and I can, you know, pet Leah's belly because she'll always want that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, there's always going to be this, these lovely interactions with all the other horses. Um, but so I don't feel necessarily like that much of that pressure. But I was kind of like putting myself in the shoes of somebody who like, maybe you saved up like all your money and like, the, you know, and like, yeah. then you have this one horse and like, and, and you're having like trouble, you know? And like, I can imagine all the like really difficult thoughts that would come yeah. with something like that. And to just kind of, you know, remember that, yeah, like the flow of life is, is not once you make a decision that's it and you have to stick to it for the rest of your life yeah. or you're an asshole. Yeah. I I have so much compassion for this and for anyone who's going through that who maybe doesn't feel like their horse is actually meshing that you guys are meshing or and that you have to make it work like 
I know there's like this ideal of like, you know, you can always keep your one horse. You've made a lifelong commitment. And, you know, I, I, I want to be like, yeah, like we're making like commitments to these horses, but also like, if it's not right for you guys, like you can, there are other options and I don't think it's a wrong thing to do to try to find the horse that really meshes with you rather than feeling like no matter what you have to stick it out with one. Because like, obviously like try to, you know, we try to find our horses like good homes when we have to like, if we're rehoming any of them, but like, it's not always in like a bad decision to rehome a horse or yeah. like to find one that makes you feel more comfortable or maybe they feel more comfortable with another human, you know, like it's not this black and white that like, if you need to rehome a horse or like you guys aren't meshing, like that, that makes you any less of like a, a wonderful horse person and a horse lover to like, I'm so glad you're saying this right now because <laughs> I, I feel, I mean with Luna, like I don't feel that at all. Cause I, I think, I don't know. My commitment to her was always, I'm going to give you the best life I can give you. I think if I, if there was a different situation where, she, where I think she would be happier, I, I would definitely consider that. Cause, cause I think the commitment was very clear that I made to her, but I was thinking about all the judgment that I've had towards other people, mostly with dogs, you know, right. They're like, Oh yeah, no, this happened. And like, I had to, uh, you know, we had to find the dog like a better home or, you know, or like the dog need blah, 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 whatever it is. Yeah. I used to have so much judgment around that. Yeah. And <laughs> up until probably just the moment you said that, I had judgment <laughs> about it. <laughs> and, uh, because I kind of had this very strong idea that like you make it work somehow and like right. even if you have to uproot your entire life like you make it work you know right <laughs> and that's not necessarily like an option for a lot of people yeah and uh and even if it is an option maybe it might not actually be the thing you want to do or the kindest thing to do like yes yeah. I agree because if then you end up resenting yeah. You know, like resenting this creature because you, you know, feel like you're sacrificing, then that's probably not the kindest thing to do. I'm so glad you said that because I totally, I wasn't aware that I had so much judgment around that when you just said that. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. It just kind of like went away, you know? Um, Honestly, like I have been seeing that in myself this past year so much. Like all these little places were like, I didn't realize I had judgment that I'm like, like, fuck that, Mosey. Like, you, you don't have any place to judge that. Like, in a good way. Like, not yeah. in a harsh way to myself, but just like, I don't know. Like, it, it's so understandable to me. And I hope that anyone who is in that position know, like, I feel how hard that is. And like, you are still like doing a great job and like, it's not a failure. Like if you have to rehome a horse and I, and like, you know, I understand the, the, the whole idea of like forever home, you know, that like a lot of rescues have, yeah. like, I understand like there's kind of an epidemic in the horse world of like recycling horses. Totally. And that's definitely a real thing. But like, 
I don't know, to be aware of that and still also like make a decision that's right for you. Like you're allowed to make a decision that's right for your life and you're allowed to also change your mind and there's ways to do it mindfully. And yeah, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that at all. And yeah, I just... It it just (laughs) reminds me so much of how... I'm just realizing all these like really nice things, but um, it reminds me so much of... um, relationships with with people you yeah know, where we feel I don't know but I definitely have had this happen quite a bit where I feel a sense of like owing somebody my friendship you know right. or um say you know we are in a romantic relationship and we feel like we owe the person to be in that relationship because we made that commitment and it is, again, it's not like a black and white thing. Like there is, you know, we don't want to um, just kind of throw our hands up at the first thing that, you know, doesn't um, please our egos, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, we also don't have to continue on with something that is continuously just getting worse. Yeah. And again, it's kind of the same thing where we just have to like really learn how to, okay, how do we listen to ourselves? Like, how do I actually hear what's underneath all the shoulds and and, and coulds and, and... Where's the intuition? Yeah. And like, we're allowed to also prioritize what feels good for us. Like, it doesn't also just have to be good for the other. Like, we're allowed to prioritize what feels good to us. And yeah, like, I don't know. I also just think like, moon just got rehomed and I'm really happy about it and she's an amazing home now and like I think part of like part of my commitment to horses sometimes is like my own fear of change like when I think of like I'm like I don't want scary new change like in my life sometimes so like I am going to commit to you that like you will never have to have your life change blah 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 and like moon like like adapted to her new home and was like so happy and like was braver about change than I was about change. (laughs) And I wonder like sometimes if this idea of like forever, like has to come from or comes from a place for me of me being like, I'm more comfortable with the idea of forever than like, you know, a horse. Like I think they, they want to be loved and safe and like, and, and we can make really like forever lasting bonds with them. But also like they're really in touch with intuition if your intuition saying it's not right, I would imagine their intuition is telling them something, you know, like, I, I don't know. I just, everything's so much more nuanced. Everything is think. so <laughs> much more nuanced. I, I love that. I think, you know, everything is nuanced and when in doubt, compassion. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Sums up the whole thing. Compassion. <laughs> Definitely. I love it. I love that. I love talking to you. Uh, I love talking to you. I feel better after expressing this. I feel like I needed to talk about all of this. Like It's like, that's, I'm not sure about this, but I hope that this is where kind of like the whole um, idea of like confession and confessionals comes from. You yeah. Know, that it actually <laughs> like feels, you know, kind of what it got turned into, you know, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's probably like not so... Great, but um, but this idea that we express ourselves in the aspects of life that are that are just difficult to navigate, 
yeah. um, and have a conversation and, you know, the dialogue to me is like really important because I learn so much by how I express things as well as like what somebody has to kind of, you know, give back to the conversation. And it just feels so much less lonely. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel so much less lonely. Like there's so many things in the horse world we just keep to ourselves and like I thought about that too with like confessions coming from like the idea of like shame can't um survive being shared. Yeah. That like there's something really like healing about and needed about like sharing our shame. And there's <sighs> so much of it. Yeah. We all have so much of it. Yeah. And it just feels so much better when you talk and you're not like, yeah, not alone in it. Because none of us are alone with this. Like, we're all, which is why it's so awful to think of like the places where I've judged, you know? It's just because like, we're all in the same boat, really. Like, yeah. It really, I appreciate so much having this conversation with you. But I also really, really appreciate doing this in a podcast. Yeah. Because it's a little bit more real, in a way, um, to know that, like, other people, you know, who don't have the context of knowing me personally, necessarily, yeah. you know, kind of are also included in this whole shared experience of life and yeah. navigating it. And it reminds me of, you know, when, when I was married, what seems like a lifetime ago, but it was, um, um, for him, I think it was very uncomfortable. Um, if I was kind of sharing about our marriage and my struggles with the marriage, you know, with my friends even, yeah. And um and I I realized after after we separated how incredibly important that is to me and how incredibly important it is for me to be like that is something where I've noticed that getting a little bit uncomfortable is actually really beneficial to me in the long term yeah. where I can just kind of like slowly and kindly and compassionately expand a little bit more of like what does it feel good to share openly about you know yeah. and um to people who whom I don't know and I don't know nor do I have uh you know power over what the how it's gonna land yeah and and there's something about that that is really freeing in a way totally and I yeah I totally. really <laughs> and I really appreciate that I yeah really appreciate that I'm glad you mentioned that too because there are some things that are uncomfortable like even some uncomfortable like conversations that are just like the most liberating beautiful like important things that, yeah like, I really feel that with the podcast too it's all nuanced and it all comes back to confession. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for being on here again. You're like, I love these conversations. I, I love doing the podcast. I'm really happy to be back into it. I'm so happy you're doing it again. I can't wait to have more things to talk about yeah. and to listen to. And 
see who comes on the podcast and yeah um yeah i'm just looking forward to this year and see what it what it brings yeah season four season four i just want to be real like that's all i want like i just want it to be like as real and honest as possible because when things get hard, I feel like there's a way that it, like, breaks you down to, like, just being the most, like, real version of yourself sometimes. Like, yeah, just, like, which is, like, a blessing of, like, when things are, like, harder, just, like, you're kind of done with bullshit, and you're, like, I just gotta speak truth. Like, there's so much potency in that, yeah. I think. Yeah. I was... I know we're, like, wrapping it up, but I have one more thought. No, totally. <laughs> I'm, like, I keep having thoughts. <laughs> there's so much to talk about. I got this thought. In, um, you know, Ben, who's my boyfriend, um, was asking me, like, why I'm writing the book I'm writing. And yeah. the book I'm writing is very vulnerable and, like, quite explicit. And, you know, there's yeah. just a lot of things that I'm like, I don't know if I'll ever feel comfortable with, like, sharing that with other people. Um, but I'm writing it anyways. And it really made me think about the books that I like to read yeah, and the, the thread, you know, of like any book that's kind of like nonfiction is always like this deep, deep sense of like just being real. Yeah. And the people I am uh, inspired by all have this thread of like being really real. Yeah. That's why the whole process of, like, you know, recovery is so interesting because it forces people, I think, for us to, like, look and be real with what's yeah. what's happening. And, and all of that kind of, you know, just comes back to getting to know yourself so that you know what's actually real and then getting to love yourself through compassion so that you can be real and have like kind of the confidence to be like, yeah. you know what, I'm going through this fucking struggle and none of that makes me less of a wonderful human being who's trying. <laughs> Snaps. That's You just like hit my heart with that a little bit. Like, yeah. That's all, like, what's that Brene Brown quote that's like, vulnerability is like the first thing I look in you for you and like it's like vulnerability um, is like the last thing I want you to see in me but the very first thing I look for in you yeah and like I think about that a lot that like yeah everything that I want to consume that like hits my heart is always like just like the most authentic raw real like yes you know since this is a confessional, I yes. felt so much shame about something I did the other day. Oh my gosh, <laughs> tell me. I've Probably I've... so minute. But <laughs> I, um, I was like cleaning the house or whatever and uh, the dogs were outside in the yard and I was outside in the yard and then I came back in and I saw that there was dog shit that somebody had stepped on and then walked into the house with, you know, like somebody stepped oh, in the dog house. shit and then, yeah. Yeah. And I look at Ben, <laughs> poor Ben, her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. And I go, oh, there's dog shit. You must have carried it in. <laughs> and then I go, fuck, I must have carried it in. And I just felt so much shame about the fact that like oh. my immediate like firing was... You did this. <laughs> I so get it. 
got all sad and he's like, he's so sweet. He's like, babe, do you want me to, do you want me to clean it? I'm happy to clean it. And I'm just like moping around, cleaning it myself, <laughs> feeling so ashamed Aww. that I just like blamed him for something that I did. <sighs> I so get that. <laughs> So good. I get the like total immediate shame feeling of like after like just the knee jerk reaction of like, why'd you do that? Like, how could you have done it? Like, yeah. Oh my God. Been there. Definitely been there. Definitely. I'm glad you shared that. And I hope that it's very relatable. I needed to share that. It's been, it's been eating away. <laughs> we could do like a podcast of all the little things like that yeah. bring us a little shame. Yeah. Like, Shame confessionals. Shame confessionals and just like pour love onto them. Yeah. Because like I so, yeah, I so get that. And like, I'm glad. What a sweetie, both of you. Just like the fact that like immediately you're Jen, like, wait, I did. Like, you're, this is just the most endearing, sweet, like. <laughs> We're pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning up poop together. Yeah. <laughs> Such a bonding experience. Well, well, let's see what time we're at. Oh, nice! Almost, almost two hours, I think. And the first forty-five minutes, no horse talk. I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm cool. With I feel that. like this podcast has to be what it has to be, and that does not always mean horse talk. That's but yet, so it true. comes, it does come around. I mean, they're a big part of our lives. Yeah, in the spirit of horse, not in horse. Yeah. Like, what does that even mean? Like, it doesn't have to be. <laughs> That's what I meant the it The horse in me, almost yeah. the horse in you. <laughs> We're, like, getting tired. and like <laughs> I know what I meant. <laughs> I think you knew what I meant, too. I think so. Hopefully all you listeners do, too. <laughs> um, if not, just big question marks in the comments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also tell us what Lord means. <laughs> oh, yes, please. Lord. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Do you want to... Uh, do you want to share your Instagram so people know where to find you or like your website or anything? Or? Oh, yeah. Um, Instagram is probably, I feel like that's usually the best way to kind of like keep in touch. Yeah. Um, people want to DM you or yeah, comment or. Sure. <laughs> read your book when it comes out. Yeah, read my book. It uh, Horses are mentioned in the book, I think. Okay. Because I wrote about that one time when. Uh, um, when you and I drove up north and we saw the horses kind of um, being put into the holding pens at the BLM. Oh, yeah. And uh, that was such a... I want to read that. It was a, such an extreme experience for me and so emotional. So I was. Yeah. So I wrote about that and uh, I'm sure I somehow looped it back into other feelings. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's animal alchemy. Animal Alchemy. At Animal Alchemy. <laughs> and all of that will be in the description. I'll link to her. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> we'll be back next week with another episode. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Bye.